back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Thematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And a few years ago, I was fortunate enough to get to Rome, Italy, Ooh. and I saw many of the great sights. It was just a wonderful trip. One of the surprising ones that I uh, went to was the Sistine Chapel. Okay. So very famous work. You know, the ceiling, the walls, everything. It's just this incredible painting. And the reason why I said it was surprising is because, you know, you think, oh, it's just, it's this fairly large room. It's incredibly well lit. When you're there, unless you have, unless you know people, you are literally elbow to elbow <laughs> the entire time. It's insane. You stand there and you just go, well, this is great, but oh, the crowd is moving. Okay. <laughs> and so it's, 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 an, it's an amazing experience. But, and they tell you, you can't take photos, but I did. I had my phone in like a weird place and mm. I did take a photo. Here's the thing. The reason why I bring this up. There is a very interesting uh, something hidden in the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel that a lot of people maybe don't know about or don't see. Oh, I don't know this. And that thing is God's backside. <gasps> God's backside. So if you <laughs> so you got to go check this out. Uh-huh. Go online. Make sure you go and Google the Sistine Chapel. And you'll see kind of in the, in the center of the ceiling is the famous creation of man, the creation of Adam, right? Mm-hmm. If you go two panels below that, there is an image. It's basically a story of you kind of see the figure that was painted to be the, the figure of God. And then there is God scurrying away. Hmm. And God is basically, he's an old, he's the, it's the old man mm-hmm. symbol of God, right? White beard. And, right, white beard, white hair, everything. And he's kind of got this like coral colored cloak. But as he's scurrying away, the cloak has sort of parted and you can see his butt. Okay. Now, why would I bring this up? Well, it has something to do, not with the minute, but with a very important deleted scene we're going to talk about after the minute. That's right, because uh, it's not relevant to minute 68 of The Incredible Hulk from 2008, directed by Louis Leterrier, but about what's not in minute 68. Uh, So, but before we start that, we ended minute 67 on a quick shot of General Ross sitting alone, smoking, staring at something. Uh, and now we that's where we, we pick up this one. And it looks like... In his mind, he's thinking, I wonder what Bruce is doing to my dog. <laughs> he better not be doing anything And you don't want to know. You don't want to know, man. <laughs> Listen to the last minute. If yeah. you don't know what and and <laughs> it turns out he was right. Uh, yes. The power of Ross. Uh, so he's apparently staring at a see-through map of Europe. So I don't know what that's about, oh, but uh, it's yeah. it's like as he's as he's staring into the the this is it. He's looking at just they're smoking like, how can I get this green monstrosity on my side? And then uh, <laughs> the major spar goes busting in. So th- okay, <laughs> there's a couple of nerdy cinematic problems with this one. I've forgotten a lot of my terminology. So uh, you film nerds out there are going to be like, uh, actually, what you're referring to is, and please let me know because I want to know the official terms. There's, there's the 180 rule, which is when uh, characters are having a conversation, you never want to spin the camera more than 180 degrees the other way because otherwise people get disoriented about where people are sitting. So, like, uh, oh, if right. two characters are having a conversation, you have, like, sort of over his right sh- – if you know, guy on the left, girl on the right, over his right shoulder, over her left shoulder. But you never go over her right shoulder because then you're past 180 and it gets weird. Just if you if you if you see this illustrated, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Ross is sitting in the room in the dark, staring off to the left. Spar enters and she's speaking to the right, sir. Like to, to get him. They should have had reversed that shot 
because it should be that she's coming in from behind him because it looks like he's looking at the wall. So it's it's weird, like, if, if you see the two together, she should be coming in from behind him, like, sir, and then he'll turn and look. But this way, he doesn't look up. So the way she comes into the room, entering from the left, he should see her. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Am I, being, am I being super nerdy and pedantic about it? No. Maybe. But it's it's one of those film composition things that really bothered me. Well, or are they just trying to show that it's, I mean, he's so focused. I guess. It's irrelevant. Like, it's, I don't care what part, you could stand in front of me and I'd see right through you. In that shot, though, we should even see her come in. Like, if you see, like, the light change in the oh, background. Oh, I know, see what you mean. Right. I, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, this is this is when you do a movie minute thing when you, like, <laughs> get that Editing. Deal and you're like, hold on. What the, right, what? right. Because, and we'll, we'll realize why it looks weird, you know, later on. And we'll talk about why this that particular shot is weird. Um, but then um, <laughs> we're going to play a little thing called the silence game because she says, sir, you need to see this. And apparently the two of them, a superior officer and someone under his command, never spoke a word to each other in the whole time it took him to walk from his office or the command center all the way to the hospital. Because she says, you need to see this. First question would be, what do I need to see? Uh, you should just come. Well, I'm your commanding officer, so why don't you just tell me what it is? Oh, it's it's Blonsky, and he's woken up. Oh, well, we need to go see that. Yeah, don't mess with me. They don't say, like, they walk in, and he's like, oh, the Blonsky, do we have his next of kin? And see for yourself like this this big Vanna White reveal and it's like okay it's you know what this isn't this isn't Grey's Anatomy like these are military people they're like there's no way that she would be like oh man I'm gonna blow his mind yeah that's a weird yeah that's weird (laughs) like no sorry like you you well she's got to say like it's Blonsky yeah and then okay we're we're right and then they like never like, like oh it like never happens to mention oh by the way he's he's fine Ross officially says when he walks in, has anyone found out if he has next of kin or family? And she says, ask him yourself. And so they cut to, and it's Blonsky, and he's fine. Like, he's sitting up, and we even see him taking off the hand brace that we saw when, when he did, they did their monster movie thing of, like, I'm still alive. You know, so he's, like, pulling that stuff off, and he is totally fine. Like, he's not Lou Ferrigno now. Like it didn't, but it's sort of the the stuff has sort of restored him to what he was before. He's removing the hand brace and then looks up and says, "Sir, <laughs> I know it's very much like check me out." <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so so Ross walks over to him like amazed, as much as Ross will show it. The stuff worked, yay for blue serum. Uh, and walks over and then he puts his hand on Blonsky's left shoulder and starts like. Like examining it, like the, was there something happened to his specifically to his left shoulder? Did, do I did I miss something? No, I think he's just doing a really is your your scapula oh. is back to the way you know. I think I think he was well because here's the deal. Blonsky's basically naked, right? Because I don't think he had any clothes on, and except he's got the sheet over him. And I think Ross was basically like, "What part of you can I touch?" To see if your bones are back together. Ah, oh, right. And that he just he just picked the back of his shoulder. Okay, that's what I'm going. Um, with. So then he Ross says, "Good to see you up on your feet, soldier." And then Ross he gives his look over to Spar, like he looks over to her, like, uh, and I and there's two ways he can interpret that. The first was, "Hey, it worked." Right. Like, <laughs> huh? Huh? Look, it worked. And second one is, "You couldn't have told me this back in the other." Yeah, I other think room. I came all the way out here to and find to walk this out. all the way over here and have a big dramatic reveal. We're gonna have a little talk about your. Uh, <laughs> the passage of information there, major. But he does give Blonsky, but then he gives Blonsky this very great, very uh, 
fatherly sort of like smile. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's happy to see that the experiment has not been a total bust. Yeah. Uh, And then so he says, Ross says, how do you feel? And Blonsky answers, pissed off and ready for round three. It's like, okay. Exactly what he wanted to hear. That's right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, The relationship continues. The courtship of Emil Blonsky has uh, resumed. Uh, And then we we cut back to the hotel room uh, where Betty and Bruce are staying there. And Betty dumps out her purse of all this content all over there. And uh, what was in it? Well, we'll have to find out in minute 69. Yeah, that's the next minute. But before we, we sort of wrap up, um, there is another deleted scene. We actually have back-to-back deleted scenes. In minute 67, there was a big deleted scene. In minute 68, there's another deleted scene. And I think it is just as good and just as important and just as much of a travesty that they cut it out. You're hearing us gush about these deleted scenes, but we're not kidding. This oh is gosh. fantastic. Why is yes. it not in the movie? So if you're... Uh, at home uh, and and you uh, somewhere you you can watch pause this go look for the deleted scene called nature's mystery and then resume hey welcome back <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those you not we'll, we'll tell you what, what happened in it too so essentially um ross is sitting in there and like I, I said it was there's a weird edit where where spark comes in well that's because there was actually a much longer scene that goes here so ross is sitting there smoking thinking about something and spar walks in and they have this conversation, and it's it's a fantastic conversation because you get to get learn so much about what Ross is thinking about uh, in terms of the Hulk and 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 how, what it means to the world and stuff too. And you have a major major character moment for Major Spar. Like she goes from being yes sir no sir to actually having a real arc right in this scene, and they cut it out. It's her best scene, right? and they got cut out. Oh, my gosh. No wonder she retired from the film industry. They're going to treat her like this. I'm not going to read the, I would love to read the whole thing because I've watched it like four or five times because it's so good. Uh, but I'll, I'll just do a couple lines that stood out to me. She comes in and, and gives some basic, I don't even know what she was talking about, like some basic like army gibberish stuff of like the, the things were moving with the things and then the stuff on the stuff. And he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and then he says, you can't get it out of your mind. Right. Did it shake you up? And she like instantly knows what he's talking about. You saw the freaking Hulk. Like, how did it change you? And so she says, it was outside my training. An enemy has an agenda and we fight to block it. That had no agenda. Fantastic line. Right? Oh. That's so I Like, I got hair. My hair's on my arms just went up on that. Like, that's exactly it. That's why the army is so bad at this because they don't know how to handle an enemy with no agenda. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> and and what a great moment for her. I mean, like, it's just, okay. Yeah. Great character development, and it's just a great understanding of how the dynamics work between your antagonist oh. and protagonist. I It should be in the movie. Yeah, it should absolutely be in the movie. And wait, it's, and wait there's more. Oh, there's more. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think I'm going to I'm gonna hand this. Uh, this the, I think you're going to have the heavy lifting on this one because then Ross starts talking about something he read somewhere. Huh, yeah. And he says... A great writer once said, there are clefts in the rock where we see the back part of God and tremble. Rob, what what's the great writer yeah. uh, that they're so, talking about there? This is interesting the way he says this because, okay, I mean, if you're familiar at all with the Bible, right, in the Old Testament, he's mm-hmm. referring to the book of Exodus Mm-hmm. And uh, and the the I mean okay obviously the writer I mean you could go into the history of the Old Testament 
you know, sure. the the early Jewish translators, uh, the Septuagint, basically that, you know, that translation comes from the Septuagint, which is like the 70, 72, I forget, people who actually translated the original version of the Old Testament. But here's the thing, that that quote is basically a derivative of this conversation that Moses has with God. Mm-hmm. And Moses is basically saying, oh God, I want to see your glory. And then God goes into this whole, this whole little thing with Moses mm-hmm. and he says, Look, when my glory passes, I will set you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand so that you may see my back, but my face may not be seen. The guy who he's quoting is God. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute, dude. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, yeah, it really just going to show you sort of like almost like a, a little glimpse of the madness that's on there, but also the sort of divine uh, inspiration that he's feeling about this thing because he he goes on, but yeah. No, you nailed it 1,000%. I think this shows a lot inside of his mind, his Mm -hmm. hubris, right? Yes. And also that he's, you know, he's certainly feeling like, well, you know, if God is on my side, who can be against me, right? I can do whatever I have to do. And it's, well, a, it's a straight-up monologue yes. delivered essentially to the wall. He's not even looking at Major Spar when he does this. He's just looking at the map, c- cigar smoke, and just delivering it like straight to no one, And uh, even right. though he's talking to her. Yeah, no, it's – oh, but it, I mean it's wonderfully delivered, and it gives you – it just gives you this further, deeper dive into the maniacal person who is General Ross. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it So he says – so then he sort of takes that sort of – Biblical thing of going, even though he doesn't ever never says the Bible, never says verses like any of that kind no. of stuff. He just says, yeah, "Oh, no. great writer," and he talks about this thing. And so he's talking about how he relates that, like looking through a cleft in the rock of of all the great uh, discoveries through history. Uh, and he says, "There's no training for what you saw out there because it's not an enemy; it's a new power, fire, the splitting of the atom. The universe unveils a secret, and people recoil." Edward Norton, man. Yeah, <laughs> that no, is some right? fine writing right there. That's some like Sorkin level stuff. I mean, that's it's good. Uh, and so and so he is going on about like he sees himself as a modern day Prometheus. He's trying yes. to yes. take this next thing and get it because he says that most people like recoil from this stuff. But then everyone's a great man will reach out and grab the branch and say this fire belongs to me essentially. And when he's talking about the Hulk. He says, I want to put a harness on it. Oh my God! It's oh well. Okay, and wait, I, I actually pulled the sentence that he says where people okay. recoil in fear and awe. Yeah, and then comes the person who stops trembling and yeah. steps forward to face the flame and seizes the burning stick. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! I mean, first of all, yeah. I mean, oh, exceptionally written. Yes, and 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 extremely well delivered. William Hurt like really oh, doesn't yes. overplay it because you. I mean, we've seen him go way up, but he is just at this low simmer through the whole thing with incredible gravitas. Like, yeah. I, okay, I don't. Again, why is this not in the movie? I don't know. It, it, it baffles me. So, so then we get to. Major Spar, like right. this is like um, her major moment too. So he does another one of these Ross pivots. We've seen him do it a number of times where he's talking one thing and all of a sudden he just changes the subject. But it turns out he didn't actually change the subject. He just moved on to a different thing. And he does the same thing here. He takes a pause after he's doing his whole speech about this, the cleft in the rock and fire and stuff. And he says, you're a good soldier, Kathleen. First time we've heard her first Right, name. right. If you want to go back up the rabbit hole, you go with nothing but my thanks. So he's like, 
you've now seen what we're up against. You can go. Like, I'll write you a recommendation letter to go anywhere you want to go. You are free of this. You don't have to go any farther down this this mad path. And so she takes a minute, a beat, I should say, and says, I'd just be looking out the window wondering who is screwing it up in my place. That's a great response. It's a great response. And also, it commits her to it. Yes. So, like, she is just as into this. As he is now, like this is what I love in when they do this in movies because it's not her just following orders. No, like, he gives her a chance to get off. You can get off this crazy train right now. Right, and she's like, "Nope, I'm staying with you. I want to see this thing all the way through. Well, you know, for good or ill." But he's also made quite the pitch, as we oh, just yes. heard. I know, but <laughs> it's just like with Blonsky, he is a master manipulator. Oh my god, it's so and ridiculous. He's wrapped yes. it around her, and she doesn't even realize that he. this is what he expected her to do all along. This but is the total In uh, her mind, then, she has made the decision, even though he really has manipulated her into it. But it's such, it's so well played. And like I say, this is a major moment for, for Major Spar. Yes. And yes. it's lost to the annals of history. It's like, I, I understand in terms of timing, this is like adding like five more minutes into the we're wandering around, you know, trying to get to New York stuff. I get that. I get the pacing of it too. But like, when they're this good, they cut stuff from later. Like,. <laughs> <laughs> because we know there are five minutes that could have been cut. Oh yes, yes. So I don't, I, I really don't understand why you wouldn't have left this in. I mean, again, Kaspar, it makes her okay. It's a great scene. Yeah, for the character. And also, she enters from the right and stands there and delivers the whole thing. So I have to think that when they cut it, they had her come in just to do one quick little. Oh, we need you to open the door and say, "Sir, I need you to see something." And they just had it. They think because. Then she's coming in from the left. So, oh, yeah. interesting. See? That explains that then, right? So the whole because the whole scene plays and she's standing on the other side of the table. We see there, right? He, she's on the right. It ends with uh, Ross blows smoke into camera, like whoosh into a, a big thing, and that's where it ends. So that brings us to the end of not only minute sixty eight, but also the deleted scene, nature's mystery. Uh, we'll be back with minute sixty nine when we find out what was in Betty's purse. I can't wait. I know, right? Uh, so, uh, in the meantime, we are on Facebook. We have our very own Facebook group. It's called the Marvel Movie Minute and the Next Real Film Podcast Executive Lounge. Uh, we've been having some actually very lively discussions about uh, Hulk recently. Yes, we have. Uh, so, our, our fans have, have spoken up, and so we've gotten some really cool stuff. Things we missed, uh, and also some uh, things that people are impressed that we found. So, uh, we're having a good time. So, uh, come join us over there. Um, you can uh, send a request and we'll let you in. Uh, that's only just not to keep out the weirdos, but to keep out the bots. Because we only want humans. Humans. Humans group. only. Sorry. Yeah. We'll see you back here for Minute 69. I uh, hope you had a smashing good time. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye.